Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends, welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast and based on a monthly topic, I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host, Chairman. Now, we are still in the midst of Star Wars month, and I feel like I got a good episode for you guys today. I know I said that last time, but I'm I'm really confident in this episode. I'm really excited for this one. Today's episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about some Star Wars video games. You know, there have been a lot of video games based off of Star Wars. I would be here for weeks if I listed off all the different Star Wars games. So to not bore you guys so much and to just narrow it down, I'm going to be talking about a lot of the games that I played either growing up or I still play to this day. And just, you know, give my personal opinions, tell you a little bit about the games and just, you know, tell my, tell you my personal experiences with them. With that being said, let's just get right into the episode, shall we? Let's talk about some Star Wars video games. Now, it's pretty safe to say I've played a lot of Star Wars games in my days. I've played quite a few, and I got a huge list here. I tried to go from, like, earliest to latest, so these are kind of going to be in chronological order, depending on when I played them, but I might switch some things around. So, let's start with the very beginning. The very first Star Wars game that I remember playing was a game called Star Wars Dark Forces. Now, according to Wikipedia... Star Wars Dark Forces is a first-person shooter video game developed and published by LucasArts. It was released in 1995 for MS-DOS and Macintosh, and in 1996 for the PlayStation. The story is set in the fictional Star Wars Expanded Universe and begins shortly before the original Star Wars film, so it begins shortly before New Hope, before flashing forward to a year after the film's events. The game's protagonist and playable character is Kyle Katarn, a mercenary working on behalf of the Rebel Alliance who discovers the Galactic Empire's secret Dark Trooper project, which involves the development of a series of powerful new battle droids and power-armored stormtroopers. So yeah, this game came out uh, February 28th, 1995, and you know, like I said, you play as Kyle Katarn, and this is the, this is the earliest uh, Star Wars video game that I remember playing, and it's very... It's very Doom-ish. I mean, right in this in the Wikipedia, it even states that a lot of people called it a Doom clone, and you know, I could definitely see why. Now looking back at it, it definitely you know looks and kind of feels like Doom, but that's the earliest uh, Star Wars video game that I remember playing, and you know, it was kind of fun. If I ever have a chance to go back to it, I definitely will because you know, it was it was pretty fun. I would like to actually beat it. I never I never beat it. I never actually beat this game, and that's there's like a lot of games like that from my childhood that I don't remember beating, but uh, another fact about this game, Dark Forces, is that it sold almost 1 million copies in the United States by 1999, so it did pretty well. So yeah, Dark Forces is definitely, definitely look it up, it's a really, it's a really good game, it's a really fun game, if, especially if you like Doom clones, it's, you know, it's pretty fun. Let's move on to the next game, shall we? The next game I remember playing. Now, I think I mentioned this before in a previous episode, but I remember playing a pod racing game at a uh, fitness center because there was a while where my mom went to go work out at this fitness center, but I was still a kid. But luckily, there was a kid's section 
of this uh, fitness center that had like toys for them to play. It had a small gym so kids to play basketball, and it also had like a line of computers. And the one game that I remember playing the most on those computers was Star Wars Episode One Racer. Now, according to Wikipedia, Star Wars Episode One Racer is a 1999 racing video game based on the pod racing sequence featured in Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. The game features all the racers and the race course on Tatooine featured in Phantom Menace. It also adds several new courses, some on Tatooine, others on various planets. Several single-player modes, including a tournament mode, are available for play. It also features multiplayer, the form of which varies by platform. Jake Lloyd and Lewis McLeod, who portrayed Anakin and Saboba in Phantom Menace, reprised the role in the game. Episode 1 Racer received generally positive reviews from critics. Several major media outlets listed it as one of the top Star Wars video games. As of 2011, the game holds the Guinness record as the best-selling sci-fi racing game, having worldwide sales of 3.12 million and beaten other series like Wipeout and F-Zero. Two titles featuring pod racing were released after Episode 1 Racer's release, Star Wars Racer Arcade, an arcade game featuring many similar tracks and characters, was released in 2000. A sequel, Star Wars Racer Revenge, was released in 2002 for the PlayStation. Twenty years after the release of the game, it received an HD re-release for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. It was originally scheduled for May 2020, but it was delayed to June 23rd due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It was later released on Xbox One on October 27th, 2020. Yeah, I played this game so much. Like, I just, I did all these races. I think it was always, no, I wasn't Anakin for all of them because there was somebody, I forget their, I forget the character's name, but there was somebody that was usually better than most people. Uh, but yeah, I played this game all the time on PC and everything. And it, I think it came out for the PSU, right? It was on PC. Yeah, like Mac OS, Microsoft Windows. I think all the computers at the fitness place were Windows. But yeah, I played this all the time with computer. A lot of people had it for uh, PS2 and all that. And it got a re-release June 23rd, 2020 for PS4 and Nintendo Switch and now Xbox One. So you can still play it to this day. You can even play a better version of it now, which... I I still gotta get it's still on my wish list of games to get so I definitely gotta pick this back up again because I had so much fun with it especially now that there's an HD re-release you know the same game that I had so much fun with when you know my mom was off getting games <laughs> the game I had so much fun with now you know updated to be HD and you know I don't know why I didn't hop on that sooner um, speaking of Star Wars games set in Episode One. The very next game I have here is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. This is the video game adaptation of the first movie. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go through this Wikipedia thing first just to kind of give you an overall of the game. But I have some opinions about this game. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is a 1999 action-adventure video game released by LucasArts and based on the film of the same title. The game is set in several different settings seen within the film. The game is set during the timeline of the film, with players taking on the role of Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and several other characters from the film. Each playable character has a unique weapon and ability. The game features open environments to explore at the player's leisure, and dozens of non-player characters with unique dialogue. 
The game was a commercial success, selling over 337,866 copies of the Windows version alone by 2000. The gameplay, graphics, and story were praised, but the camera angles and voice acting were criticized. I'm glad they said that because that's my biggest critique of this game. Like, overall, it was a good game. Like, the gameplay, graphics, and story, like, it was all good. I mean, how can you mess up the story? You're literally, you know, copy and pasting from the movie, which... I will say, you know, hot take. Episode 1 is actually pretty good. I actually really like it. But anyway, yeah, the story is kind of hard to mess up in that game because you literally just copy and paste. I mean, add some extra stuff for a video game to be, you know, a video game. But yeah, the camera angles and the voice acting, just, yeah. First of all, the camera angles. So playing this game, if you haven't played it yet, if you've played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those who haven't, the camera angle, it's like... It's almost like it's top-down, but it's angled, just very slightly to where it's really annoying. Like, think of security camera footage that's, like, up in a corner of a store, angled down at you. That's basically your your perspective for this entire game, and it's, it's just, it's not good. Like, I don't like it. The gameplay was fine and everything, but that camera angle just, oof, nausea. Uh, the voice acting was pretty pretty bad too like (laughs) so in the beginning of the game so you know in the beginning of phantom menace where uh obi-wan and qui-gon are brought into that room by a protocol droid and told to wait there and they basically almost get locked in the room and almost gassed to death and uh in the game you run around as obi-wan for a little bit the protocol droid is still in the room and you can ask uh this protocol droid different you know questions and all that stuff as Obi-Wan, and I always thought the way Obi-Wan asked what was with the gas coming out of the floor was weird, like, he could have just been like, what is this gas coming out of the floor, but no, he was just like, what is that gas coming out of the floor, like, it was, it's, it just sounded weird, I didn't, I, I don't like it, I don't like it, but I think overall, this is just, it's a, it's still a cherished childhood memory of mine, and, you know, I definitely would try to play it again. At least try to beat it. I don't I don't know if I'd enjoy it now to this day, but I would still pick up a copy just to try to beat it. Because I think I remember getting as far as uh, Naboo. Because I think in Naboo, you got to a uh, escort mission where you were Qui-Gon and you had to protect uh, Princess Amidala or you had to protect Padme, one of the two. But I've got as far as that and I remember them dying. And as a kid, I was like, well, never playing this shit again. But no, if I um, if I get a chance, I definitely will pick it up again. Moving on to the next game. Now, I don't know how many other people will remember this game, but I have very fond memories of playing this game, especially you know with friends and everything. Star Wars Demolition. Now let's go to Wikipedia for the explanation. Star Wars Demolition is a vehicular combat game set in the Star Wars universe, created by both. Lutzoflux and LucasArts using the Vigilante 8 game engine. The premise of the game is that the Galactic Empire declares they have officially banned Jabba the Hutt's pod races, so Jabba creates a more life-threatening vehicular combat contest to replace the sport of pod racing. The game was released on both the Sony PlayStation and the Sega Dreamcast, PlayStation on November 12, 2000, and Dreamcast on November 19, 2000. The game received mixed reviews upon release. 
Critics felt that while the game was fun in short bursts, it lost its appeal with extended gameplay. Subsequent retrospective reviews and major media replays found the game lackluster. Critical commentary pointed to poor controls and boring gameplay. Looking back at it, I yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that. That's just it, it's fun in short bursts, but playing it for like an hour or two, it just it, it got kind of boring. But I remember I did have fun with it. Now. I don't necessarily remember all the characters you play as, but I think one of them, I forget the character's name, but I think one of them was like a secret Jedi because all the different characters, you went through this like arcade mode and all the different characters had like a uh, a victory scene of sorts. You know, basically a special cutscene that happens when that certain character wins. There was one character that I remember that, I think he drove a land speeder. And his victory thing was him in the middle of the desert. All of a sudden, he pulls out a lightsaber and starts, you know, starts practicing with it. And I'm like, oh, he's a secret Jedi. Uh, God, I think Ara Sane is this is this character's name. Not the same person, but Ara Sane. She's like this bounty hunter. I think she was in Clone Wars. That's how a lot of people remember her. But, yeah, she had a victory scene. Um, one of the characters you play as, I think, was a Wookiee. Uh, Battle Droid was one of the characters. Boba Fett was one of the characters too he was just he wasn't in any vehicle he was just by himself he just had his jetpack which <laughs> it was super weird considering you have all these other characters like one's in a land speeder one's in an atst like all these people have like these actual like vehicles that can shoot lasers and everything and boba fett's just you know by himself he's just out in the open not in a vehicle. like he could have easily been in, like, maybe a manager version of the Slave 1. But no, he's just out there by himself, just floating around, just exposing himself. Because I don't I don't think Mandalorian armor can repel a, bla- you know, laser from a fucking ATST or something like that. I mean, it might. Who knows? I haven't read that much on Mandalorian armor. But, you know, anyway, that's beside the point. Star Wars Demolition was, you know, like it, like they said... It was fun to short burst, but just playing for a prolonged time, it was it got boring real quick. But like I said, that's another one of those games there that I'll definitely pick up again if I ever got the chance. Moving on to the next game on this list, another old PlayStation game that I had was Star Wars Episode One Jedi Power Battles. Star Wars Episode 1 Jedi Power Battles is an action Star Wars video game set during the time frame of Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. The game was first released for the PlayStation, afterwards for the Dreamcast and the Game Boy Advance, the latter under the Star War, under the title Star Wars Jedi Power Battles. The game loosely follows the plot of The Phantom Menace and begins as two Jedi are sent to negotiate an agreement between the corrupt Trade Federation and the royal government of Naboo. The meeting turns out to be a trap, and the two Jedi manage to fight their way through battle droids on the Trade Federation ship. The pair eventually make it to the planet's surface, where they fight through the swamps that eventually lead to the streets of Naboo's capital city, Theed. In the ensuing battle, the Jedi are forced to flee with Naboo's Queen Amidala and several trusted members of her court on her starship. The group arrives on Tatooine, where they hope to acquire parts to repair the Queen's ship. The environment proves hostile, and the Jedi are forced to defend themselves against Tusken Raiders in an attack by a dark-robed assassin while the parts are acquired. The group eventually makes their way to Coruscant, where a group of criminals instigate an attack. The Jedi fight their way through the attackers to see the Queen to the 
Galactic Senate building. Concerned for the welfare of her planet and finding no hope in the apathetic Senate, the Queen and Jedi return to Naboo to liberate the city of Theed from the control of the Trade Federation. Now allied with the Gungans of Naboo, the two Jedi fight their way through Gungan ruins to the city. They arrive and liberate a pair of droid staps, which are the, the like big pogo stick looking things that the droids pilot. Utilizing the vehicle's limber controls and fast-firing weaponry, they fight their way to the royal palace. Upon arriving, the Jedi scale the side of the palace, using their force abilities to jump from platform to platform until they ascend to the top. Arriving, they find their progress blocked by the Sith apprentice Darth Maul, who had previously tried to kill them on Tatooine. The Sith engages the two Jedi as they push through the palace's generator complex. The Jedi gain the upper hand, and Maul is defeated. The Jedi celebrate their victory with Bas Nas, leader of the Dungeons, and Queen Amidala in a large celebration within the city of Theed. Now, to explain <clears throat> the gameplay a little bit, Jedi Power Battles is a mix of platform game and a beat-em-up. Emphasis is placed on both completing jumping sequences and defeating enemies. Players can choose from one of five prequel-era Jedi and run, jump, slash, and use the Force through the game's ten levels, starting on the Trade Federation battleship and ending with the battle against Darth Maul on Naboo. The player's primary weapon is a lightsaber used to fight through waves of enemies and deflect blaster shots. The lightsaber combat is rather simplified with a system that lets the player lock onto the nearest enemy using the R1 button. Items and the Force can also be used for special attacks. On most levels, jumping puzzles make up a large portion of the challenge. There are a few segments in which the player can pilot various craft. The single player campaign can also be played in cooperative mode with the second player, while the Dreamcast version has an additional training mode and a two player duel mode. As players progress, additional lightsaber combos and force powers are unlocked. Five primary characters are available for players to use. Jedi Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Jedi Masters Qui-Gon Jinn, Mace Windu, Adi Dalia, and Plo Koon, with the latter two being unavailable in the Game Boy Advance version. So yeah, basically, this game, you're playing through the events of Phantom Menace, but as, you know, whatever Jedi you choose to be, like, you can keep it simple and be Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Or you can be Obi-Wan and Mace Windu, Mace Windu and Qui-Gon, Mace Windu and Adi Dalla, Adi Dalla and Plo Koon. You know, any combination of those people. Basically, it's... It's Star Wars, it's Phantom Menace, basically. You're playing through Phantom Menace, but you get to choose different characters to play as. So, yeah, I remember playing this uh, with my uh, my buddy Aaron, which, if you're listening to this dude, hey, sup, come on this podcast sometime. <laughs> but, no, I remember playing this game with him a lot, and I played this with actually, I actually played this with my dad, too, a lot. And, oh, God, this frustrates me. I lost this game. Like, I still kept the box, but the disc, no clue. I had nowhere to be found. I have no idea what happened to it. And I'm honestly, I'm. it still upsets me that I don't know where it was. I mean, I don't have my PlayStation anymore, so I couldn't play it even if I wanted to. But from what I remember, it was, you know, it was a pretty fun game. You know, it was, it's not like the best Star Wars game out there, but it was, it was pretty good. Now, moving on to this next game. Now, this is the second uh, video game ap- adaptation of one of the movies that I've played. And that game is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now, I know a lot of people remember this game. Actually, uh, going through my YouTube recommended, uh, I was recommended this YouTube channel by the name of Bombastic. 
and he did a whole playthrough of episode three. And I just, I remember playing this game so much. It's basically just like the Phantom Menace one, but you know, not a piece of shit. Like I said, it's a video game adaptation of episode three. You play through the events of episode three. There is, however, one thing that kind of sets this game apart from, you know, the dumpster fire that was Phantom Menace. This game actually had an alternate ending you could get. So it, you know, it goes all the way through and then you get to the part where you're Obi-Wan and you have to fight Anakin. You have to chop his legs off. You know, it's over Anakin. I have the high ground. You underrest my power. Uh, don't try it. Uh, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. You know, all that stuff. Uh, after you do that and quote unquote beat the game, there is an alternate level that you can unlock where you basically play the, through that same fight. But this time you are in control of Anakin and it's basically like an alternate ending to the whole events of the game where, you know, you play as Anakin and a lot of it's just like a scrolling, it's a beat-em-up basically. I should explain that. This, this game plays out like a beat-em-up, like you go across the screen, fight enemies, do whatever, fight bosses. But yeah, this alternate ending, you play as Anakin and you defeat Obi-Wan, you kill Obi-Wan. And then a cutscene plays out where you're annotated walking back to the ship. You know, you got clone troopers on each side and Palpatine greets you. And Palpatine comes, you know, he greets you and he's like, The Jedi are gone. There are none left who oppose us. Your new lightsaber, Lord Vader. The galaxy is ours. And then he checks out his new lightsaber and then stabs Palpatine right through the chest. And Anakin turns around and <laughs> this is going to be my best Hayden Christensen impression. So, you know, bear with me. <clears throat> no, the galaxy belongs to me. But I always thought that was cool. I thought that was, wow, you know, this would be a great, this is a great alternate timeline to the whole Star Wars thing. Um, what else, uh, other bonus stuff with that game is that after you did all that you unlocked another bonus level which is actually the obi-wan and darth vader fight from new hope so you got to play as old ben kenobi or darth vader it did the whole cutscene before that you know from the movie where you know obi-wan and darth vader meet in the hall and darth vader is like you meet again at last when i left you i was supposed to learn now i am the master and you know obi-wan's like only a master of evil, Darth. And I think it played, like, the rest of that cutscene with uh, Luke escaping on the Millennium Falcon after you did that. I think Obi-Wan is like, I'm gonna meditate for a bit. And then Darth Vader swings, he's like, nope, I'm nothing now. I'm a Force ghost. So overall, getting back to the game. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, it's a solid game. Like, I still, I still have a lot of fun with it. Uh, let's go to the reception of the game. Let's see how this ranked. Uh, 73 out of 100 on Metacritic. No, not bad. Uh, let's see. IGN, IGN. I, I really want to know what IGN gave it. Uh, mobile. I forgot there was a mobile version. <laughs> mobile version gave it was 7.8 out of 10. The DS version, 7.5 out of 10. Oddly enough, they did not rank the PS2 version. Uh, GamePro gave it a oof, a two and a half out of five stars. Oof. Uh, nobody, a lot of people didn't rank the PS2 version. Well, game rankings and Metacritic did. Metacritic gave it a 60 out of 100, which I guess is still not bad. It's, you know, it's still pretty good. Um, if I remember right, most of the cast 
reprised their roles. Uh, I think it was. Let me look here. Let me look here. Let me look. Let me let me look here. Let me look here. Oh, okay. So this is interesting, and I actually have a lot more respect for this. So, Edward McGregor and Hayden Christensen didn't reprise their roles for this game. Instead, the voice actor for Obi-Wan in this game was James Arnold Taylor. And if that name sounds familiar, he is the voice of Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars series. And he's the, uh, I think he's the current voice for Obi-Wan in any Star Wars game. Like, if you look at uh, like a Star Wars, Star Wars saga, he voices Obi-Wan in that. Let's see, Matt Lucas was the voice of Anakin in this. And he doubled for uh, Hayden Christensen in the Clone Wars video game and Battlefront 2. Wait, Matt Lucas. Don't you mean Matt Lanter? I think they mean Matt Lanter, but... Yeah, no, Matt Lanter, he is... Yeah, he's the current voice for Anakin in, like, Clone Wars and all other stuff like that. And they're actually solid voice actors for the world. I definitely love theirs. I mean, I love Ellen McGregor and Hayden Christensen as Obi-Wan and Anakin, but... James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter, they're, like, second. They're basically, they're up there with them. Like, if I had to pick any voice for Obi-Wan and Anakin, I would definitely pick those two. James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter. Uh, but yeah, overall this game, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, pretty good. You know, follows the movie pretty much to a T and, you know, provides a little extra. Just that little extra to keep you really invested. Next game, I want to actually two games that I want to kind of throw together. Now we're getting more modern era uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2. Now, I didn't play the original, original 1 and 2, but I played the ones that came out like late 2000s. I forget when Battlefront came out. Let me let me look it up quick. So, the first Battlefront game that I played was the one that came out in 2015. And to explain that, it's basically, like, a huge multiplayer game. Like, there are single-player elements, but the main gist of it is that it's a multiplayer game. Like, you hop online, uh, you do different modes. One of the big ones being, like, uh, vehicle ones where you had to destroy a certain thing or, like, defend a base. And that applied to a lot of, like, the <clears throat> other multiplayer modes, too. It just... Yeah, it's a big multiplayer game. You know, you hop on with friends. You can play as the Rebels or the Empire. And it was just a fun time. You also got to play as certain heroes, too. Like, you got to be Han Solo, uh, I think Chewie, uh, Luke, Lando. Or you could also be a villain like uh, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, uh, Bost. There was, it's been forever since I played this game, so I don't remember... All the characters to a T, but you know, Battlefront Two is still still a fun game, and I still have it on my uh, PS4 collection. And I, you know, if I ever feel the need, I'll definitely re-download it and you know just give it a shot because their servers are still up, I believe. Uh, Battlefront Two is the one that I think that came out two years later in 2017, and it just it vastly expanded on the first Battlefront. It included not just the original characters from Battlefront from, like, the uh, the original trilogy, but also, like, prequel trilogy and, like, the new trilogy. So, it included included Obi-Wan, Anakin, uh, like, Rey, Finn, 
It included like a lot of stuff. It also had a big single player story too, where you played as, and I actually remember this now, because I remember in my first Star Wars episode when I talked about Battlefront 2, I couldn't remember the character's name, but now I remember in Star Wars Battlefront 2, there is a single player campaign where you play as Aiden Versio, who is a part of the Infernal Squad of Stormtroopers, which they had black outfits, and they basically went in and you know, basically cleaned up the damage of any war or whatever. Like, when you first see them, they're on Endor, like, just after the Battle of Endor. And while they're on Endor is when they see the second Death Star blow up. So, t- slowly throughout the whole story, Iden Versio slowly realizes that the Empire is kind of a bag of dicks. So, she joins the Rebels and ultimately saves the day. And you got a little bonus at some point where you got to play as Luke. And then, after everything like there was kind of a uh epilogue is that what it's called epilogue that's after the story you play as adam versio's daughter and then after after that you play as kylo ren which basically goes you know supposed to set up the events and go into the events of force awakens because you know during this time is when the first order is is built basically but besides the single player story it's basically the same multiplayer like online multiplayer game that it's always been um there's actually a big controversy with battlefront 2 a lot of people tried to either ban it or vastly change it because there was actually like a loot box type of deal in it which if you don't know what that is a loot box deal is basically you go into a part of the game and it gives you certain cosmetics or upgrades and weapons and all that stuff and you you don't know what you're gonna get you just get a random set and that caused a lot of controversy because a lot of people thought it was gambling. And, of course, you know, anything in video games has to relay back to children because they're like, we don't want gambling in our game. Think of the children. Calm down. It's a video game. As long as you are a decent parent, they're not going to turn to a life of gambling. I, I guarantee that. But, anyway, Battlefront 2. Great game. Uh, one more game. I want to talk about actually one more before the last one. And this is one that I am actually currently playing right now. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now, this is an absolutely fantastic game. I love everything about it. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is an action-adventure video game developed by Respawn Entertainment and published by Electronic Arts. It was released for Windows... PS4, Xbox One in November 2019, for Stadia in November 2020, and for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S in June 2021. The story, set in the Star Wars universe five years after Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, follows Jedi Padawan Cal Kestis, who becomes a target of the Galactic Empire and is hunted throughout the galaxy by the Imperial Inquisition while attempting to complete his training, reconcile with his troubled past, and rebuild the Jedi Fallen Order. Now, like I said, I am currently playing through this game right now. I'm actually replaying it because I've beat it a couple times before, and I just re-downloaded it because, obviously, you know, we're in Star Wars month, and I wanted to, you know, really get into the meat of it to talk about it for this episode, so I started replaying it. So yeah, you play as Cal Kestis, who when you first meet him, he's on this planet called Braca, which is basically a strap planet, and it, he works as a strapper, which basically means that they bring like old ships and vehicles and everything, and you know chop off the metal for money. And the thing about Cal is that he was a former 
well, he still is a Jedi, but obviously he had to go into hiding. He had to run and go into hiding after Order 66, which is this takes place after Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And during that whole order, his master, uh, Gerald Tapal, his master was obviously killed in that, and he managed to escape. So ever since then, he's been hiding himself, kind of distancing, words, Cameron, learn how to say him, distancing himself from the Force, essentially. And, you know, there's one fateful day where him and his buddy Prof are, you know, going up onto the ship. They're told to go up on the ship to uh, secure some clamps or whatever, and they check out a bunch of stuff, and all of a sudden all kinds of chaos happens. Prof almost falls to his death. So Cal has no choice but to use the force to slow him so that he lands on a platform and they go to safety. And I think because of that, the Inquisitors, the Imperial Inquisition, they are able to sense that. So they come on the planet and they're like, hey, we know there's a Jedi here. So reveal yourself and we won't have to kill anybody. So Prof, you know, Prof is the only one that knows Cal is a Jedi. And so he steps forward and he basically gets in the face of the Inquisition, not telling them that Cal is a Jedi, but basically to sacrifice himself to defend Cal. And they end up killing Prof, and this starts a whole downward spiral because obviously Cal is like, no! And he pulls out his lightsaber and tries to fight out the Inquisition, but to no use. And you escape the planet with the help of Sierra Junda and Grease, who are basically, they're, uh, Sierra's a former Jedi, and she cut herself off in the forest because she, at some point, used the dark side. She tapped into the dark side, and it scared her so much that she cut herself off from the forest entirely. But she is on a mission with Grease and now Tal to find a holocron that an old Jedi, Anno Cordova, left behind, which contains the list of Force-sensitive children. And their whole mission, basically, is to rebuild the Jedi Order. Which, spoiler warnings, if you haven't played the game, doesn't even matter in the end. Because you find the holocron, right? You find the holocron, and what does Cal do? Slices the damn thing in half. And he's like, yeah, you know, let them find their own path. Like, dude, you could have, I mean, that probably would have screwed up the events of, like, Force Awakens and everything. But still, dude. You could have at least tried. You could have at least, you know, found these children and seen if they want to be a Jedi. You know, don't be like the actual Jedi Order that, where they just take kids and like, hey, you're going to swing around a laser sword now. <sighs> but anyway, let me get off my soapbox and explain this game. It's it's a really fun game. I really love this game. That's why I'm currently playing it right now. I mean, not as I record this. That would be... My focus would not be here if I was playing it right now. God, can you imagine with my ADHD? But that's a game I'm currently playing through right now. Now, I saved the best for last. Obviously, you guys know what I'm going to talk about here. Hopefully, you guys know. I mean, you can't read my mind, so you probably wouldn't know. But I can't talk about Star Wars video games without talking about the penultimate Star Wars game that a lot of people have from their childhood. Lego Star Wars. My god, Lego Star Wars. Like, for a Lego game, it's fantastic. Like, so many people loved it. I can't imagine, you know, a more popular Star Wars game than Lego Star Wars. There was... The first one that came out, it was... 
uh, was the first one the original? No, the first one was the prequel trilogy. And then they came out with a sequel that had the original trilogy. And then they released the complete saga, which was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And then they released Lego Clone Wars, which is, you know, obviously based off Clone Wars. And then they did Lego Force Awakens, which I believe was just Force Awakens with some elements of the older movies in there, like a bonus level or whatever. And then, most recently, I think within the past month, we got Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Now, this is like the penultimate Lego Star Wars game, and you play through episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. You play through the entire Star Wars Saga, and it's it's just a new brand spanking new way to play Lego Star Wars with, you know, obviously added movies. Because you were able to play through Force Awakens before, but now you can play through Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And it's just, Lego Star Wars is just, obviously it's a big thing. That's why a lot of people were super excited when Star Wars Saga came out. I have so many memories. I spent a lot of time with Lego Star Wars, especially the second one, because I think I had that one first, and then I got the first one, and then I got Complete Saga when I had my Xbox 360. But I spent so much time, like, unlocking all the characters. I remember, you know, once I discovered there were cheat codes, I was like, ooh, I'm going to do this so I could beat the game faster. And it's not necessarily to beat the game faster, but it was basically so that, you know, because a lot of the cheat codes were fun. Like, a lot of them helped with the game, but a lot of them were just, you know, fun to tool around with. And I, I don't know what else I can say about Lego Star Wars. That hasn't already been said, but play Lego Star Wars. Like, right now. Like, stop what you're doing. Stop listening to me and go play Lego Star Wars. It's a fantastic game, and I absolutely love it, and I think everyone should try it. If not the originals, like, if you have a PlayStation Now subscription, they have the Complete Saga on there, so you can definitely play that. But if you want, like, a brand spanking new way to play it, definitely pick up complete the Skywalker Saga. Definitely pick up Skywalker Saga. It's it's fantastic. It's a, you know, for a Lego game, it's insanely pretty. I can't even describe. It's a Lego game, and it looks fantastic. Like, my God. Go play Lego Star Wars. Seriously, go play Lego Star Wars. Whew. Alright, that was a lot of talk about Star Wars video games. My throat is on fire right now. But that's a lot of the Star Wars video games that I played growing up. Obviously, I didn't play Old Republic, or otherwise I would have talked about that. But have you guys played any Star Wars games that I haven't? Do you guys have any opinions about Old Republic or any other Star Wars game I didn't talk about? Let me know on social medias. Link is in the link tree in the description. Also, in the description, there's a link to, you know, help support this podcast. If you like what I do, consider supporting this podcast today. It really helps me out. Uh, you support this podcast, I'll have my cat Mochi fly to your house and give you licks. New episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so make sure you're liking, following, doing whatever it is you can with podcasts. If people would stop spamming my phone and making my watch go off, that would be great. 
New episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so make sure you like, follow, do whatever. YouTube versions come out on YouTube, obviously. Video versions come out on my YouTube every Saturday as well, so make sure you're tuning in with that. With that being said, I'm going to call this episode here. I hope you guys have a fantastic day, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this. I hope you guys drink plenty of water. Hydration is important, really. Stay hydrated. I hope you guys are doing all kinds of positive things out there. As always, I've been Cameron. And as always, I will see you guys in the next episode. Nerd out!